Do you ever get tired of dealing with shady salespeople when looking for a newer used car? If you answered yes, it's time to come down to Larson Auto of YZ, located off Highway 42 by the Taco Bell. One of Larson's friendly associates will sit down and find the vehicle that suits your needs at the lowest price possible. No haggling or gimmicks, just friendly customer service and an experience that'll leave you happy with your new ride. So go on down to Larson Auto and use promo code DNS. That's DNS for 2% off your APR and a free semi-auto Remington with any purchase of $20,000 or more. That's promo code DNS. D as in dog, N as in Nigeria, and S as in cycle. Larson Auto, your family-friendly local car dealer. Guess what day it is. Welcome to the second episode of the Do North Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Logan. Uh, if you notice, there's a little something different going on in the beginning there. Uh, did a little 60-second, uh, or actually it was about 45-second ad plug for uh, our friends at Larson Auto in YZ, which is a company that I am 99% sure does not actually exist. I just wanted to see what it would sound like to have actual ad plugs at the beginning of my podcast. Because that's what all the big time people do. They sell out. So if Florissant Auto actually exists, then all the power to them. They just got free advertising. But I have a strong feeling that that is not actually the case. So anyway, now I, I just wanted to be honest with everybody. So now that we got that disclaimer out of the way, uh, welcome to the second episode ever. Uh, it is hopefully, hopefully vastly improved over the first episode. Uh, I got a new microphone. Um, that's really about it. So as far as improvements go, microphone, one step. Maybe saying um or uh less, that's a strong possibility. I also noticed in the first episode there was a lot of rambling going on. Hopefully there will be less rambling this time around. I will try to keep a uh, a check on myself to minimize the rambling. We'll see if that works. Also, if you've been paying attention to the website in the last week, I haven't exactly been very timely with my blog posts. Uh, I think I've only done about... oof five in the last week and most of them have come in the last two days uh that's on me that's because i got my uh maybe this will kind of date when i recorded the podcast but last monday um i got my wisdom teeth out and if you've never had your wisdom teeth out it's the most excruciating thing in your entire life it's basically like satan is mouth fucking you for three days straight and it is absolutely the most agonizing thing ever. You're hopped up on painkillers for three days. I I figured that if I get my wisdom teeth out on Monday, I'll be good by Wednesday. And that wasn't the case at all. It was Thursday and I was still puffed up like a chipmunk. It was still awful. Um, actually, I was really not that fearful going into it because I thought, you know, it's just getting teeth removed. I can handle anything. I was completely wrong. But you're basically eating like mush for three days, like anything that can be swallowed without chewing, or you can like mash it against the roof of your mouth with your tongue, and that is ample amount of chewing. That's your entire diet for three days. Actually, when I was being released from the oral surgeon, uh, they gave like some suggestions on what you should eat. 
and you know it, it's stuff like that they, they they don't really go into like a lot of detail they just say soft stuff uh not crunchy stuff so that, i mean that really just narrows it down completely but and then they go soft stuff like you know like yogurt or jello or mashed potatoes uh one of those things is not like the other uh i don't know about you and i don't know how big of a deal this is but i do not fuck with jello jello is the biggest cock tease of all foods it's not an actual food it's 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 a drink it is marginally denser than juice it it is basically it's it's slightly dehydrated juice that's all it is it is not real food dying old people are the only market for jello nobody no normal young person is like oh you know what i think i'm going to have right now as as food as sustenance jello absolutely not no if if i do not have a single tooth left in my mouth i am still not eating jello if i am on my deathbed i'm not the day that i eat jello voluntarily is the day that i swallow a bullet okay i am not going to touch jello for as long as i live actually uh another side story about the wisdom teeth getting out is they give you three pills they give you this amoxicillin which is just an antibiotic and then they give you ibuprofen and they give you hydrocodone and obviously hydrocodone is a decently strong painkiller and the first couple of days like that's all i'm taking is because my mouth feels like it is stuck in a vice and i'm dying inside and so i'm just hopped up on hydrocodones i don't know up from down uh, and it's tuesday morning i'm not doing anything because all i can think about is how much pain i'm in so i down a bunch of hydrocodones and then all i can think about is how i can't feel my limbs and sat down and actually watched first take for the very first time in maybe years and i cuz i it was kind of like one of those things where like you you think it's going to be like an experience like like where like you take uh, not speaking from personal experience obviously but like you take like acid at a music festival and you're like oh man it's it's going to be so deep and everything like you know like i'm a, if i take all these hallucinogens all of a sudden like the music's going to talk to me and everything and it's just going to be amazing well that was kind of my rationale with downing a bunch of painkillers and watching skip bayless fire off blazing hot takes for hours and hours on end i was like you know what maybe i'm just not in the right state to understand steven a and skip bayless maybe you know maybe i just need i i i need a little something from the other side to kind of put me on the uh cognitive level that will be able to receive these barrel fire hot takes that are just being bukkakied in my face so that was the rationale so i turned on first take and the very first topic that's up is mike wallace and it's talking about when mike and I'll, we'll go into this a little bit later but it was talking about when mike wallace threw teddy bridgewater under it was the perfect just the perfect coercion of events just smashing into each other at lightning speed but in reality it seemed extremely slow because like i said i was all dazed and confused and they're talking about mike wallace how he threw teddy bridgewater under the bus and was talking about how joe flacco is this elite quarterback that's going to sling on the pigskin and life is going to be dandy and to be honest i don't even really remember what they said because once again i i i went into it at a vastly different state than would be reasonable to expect someone to remember what actually happened 
but I do remember that it only made it about 30 seconds in before I changed the channel. So that was kind of my foray into first take. I know it was it was very anti that's, that's a very anticlimactic story. I realize that, but it just kind of makes you wonder who is the target audience of first take? Because like somebody like myself can't actually like watch first take, just because I I kind of feed off of anger. Like I, I live my life permanently in a certain state of anger. And I have to maintain that state of anger. Otherwise, I just feel off balance. And so I, I always need, like, if I was in a world where everybody agreed with me and everybody made reasonable decisions, I wouldn't be able to deal with that because I always need something to be angry at. And first take kind of, to a certain extent, feels that it's not kind of void, but at the end of the day, it's too much. Like it's, I need a when you can't, you can't give me three hours of the most unreasonable takes and screaming and Stephen A's forehead and consider that like an ample amount. Like if, if first take was 15 minutes long, not even 15 minutes. If, if first take was 10 minutes long, like they were just like, Oh, kicking off at whatever time, 8 AM to 8, 10 AM is first take. Since you know, Skip Bayless and Stephen A sit down and I don't even know who the moderator is anymore. I think it was Sage Steele at one time. But if they just sat down and they're like, welcome to first take. And Skip yells out, Robert Griffin is better than Andrew Luck. And then Stephen A screams out, Dwight Howard is actually the centerpiece of a franchise if you use him correctly. And then they were like, the end? That that would that would be enough for me. That would, that would just be enough to fuel my hate lantern so that I can make it through 24 hours to the next day. But... When it's three hours long, it's just, you're just overflowing. It's too much. I can't handle it. I'm just having an emotional, just meltdown. I can't deal with that. So circling back to who first takes target audience is, I guess in my uh, deep self pondering, I guess the answer is, I don't know. I really don't have the, the intellectual creativity to form a human being in my mind that would sit down on a weekday. So this is an unemployed person, obviously because first take airs in the mornings on weekdays. So it would be this unemployed human being that is not a sports fan. Well, not a sports fan in like my definition of a sports fan, because like my definition of a sports fan is somebody that is always plugged in to the sports scene and is very, very knowledgeable about sports aspects. It would have to be like the casual like the casual observer of sports that still thinks Kobe's good and isn't quite sure if Brett Favre is still in the NFL anymore. Like that guy. Like if he sat down on a couch, flips on first take, and just bathes in it. And just looks at the back and forth, the mindless screaming. More often than not, it's not even like Skip Bayless and Stephen A aren't even in the same studio. So it's like the robot screen. And they're like, scre like two, sometimes... Sometimes it's even two robot screens, like two like displays that they put up. And then like the moderators say they're like, Jesus Christ, like I don't get paid enough for this. And it's just two robot screens just yelling at each other, but they're not really yelling at each other because they're two robots and they represent humans that are robots. So it's really just a inception of trolling. Like what reasonable human that is probably qualified to vote and rent a vehicle is going to sit down and watch that back and forth, it not even back and forth, this, the constant just like vomiting of takes that 
are kind of hot, but also like aren't really hot because they don't make enough sense to be a hot take. And just sits and goes, yeah, okay, all right, good, good point, good point. I, I think, I think Skip is winning this argument right now. But also, I think, I think Stephen A has made some some very solid points about how Tim Tebow could really make a revival coming back with the Broncos. Or I think it's Skip that likes Tebow. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I'm sure they talk about Tebow at least once a day because they seem like the type of human beings that would do that. Like it's literally, and I use the term literally, literally. It's like those two men sit down and normally when show hosts do show prep, they read up on everything. They listen to people with brains that are focused on the subject at hand. But it seems to me that Stephen A and Skip, their entire show prep for first take is just reading the comments section of TMZ Sports. That wasn't even something that I planned to do. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like boast about my ad-lib skills, because as you know, they're far from perfect. Uh, if you notice, my talking style is very, very choppy. There's a lot of pauses in between very rapidly said words. But I definitely didn't plan on doing that for 13 minutes. Or, I guess, 10 minutes, including the intro and everything. So, anyways, uh, probably time for one topic here. <laughs> uh, thought I'd talk a little bit, a bit about uh, NFL free agency. Not a whole lot to say here. Uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. I think Adam Schefter, through this whole free agency process, Adam Schefter has just been a bucket of laughs. Uh, he's been making it his own personal duty to revive the Browns franchise because, God forbid... One of the 32 teams is not looked on with the utmost positive light, and it is the absolute dumpster, the disgusting, the cesspool of suck that is known as the Cleveland Browns. And for some reason, Adam Schefter just really, really does not like it that nobody likes the Cleveland Browns. And then at like 7 p.m. out of the blue, he goes and retweets this story about uh, Paul De Podesta, I have no idea how to say that, but he's the new uh, Browns exec that came over from the Mets and admits that he doesn't really know a whole lot about football. And it's basically just him saying about how he went to the combine and everything, and he kept hearing people talk, basically just talking shit about the Browns and him and his position in football. And he says, oh, it's basically like the Moneyball A's, you know, they all laughed at them back then, but uh, I just have to get them warmed up to me and everything. And Shefty retweets this. He, I mean, he rarely, if ever, retweets actual news stories, and especially something out of left field like this. Like, you know, he, the little five foot four man that Adam Schefter is, after being beaten by, by uh, Ian Rappaport all free agency season on scoops, after getting duped on air by the Olivier Vernon deal where somebody tweeted a fake tweet that he signed with the Jaguars for like $75 million. Like, Shefty's just had it up to here, which, if you can't see my hand right now, is considerably lower than my head because I'm 6'2 and Shefty's 4'9". And Adam Schefter has just taken it upon himself to rewrite all the wrongs that the Browns have done in the last infinity amount of years, even though they are a disgusting franchise 
that does not deserve to be in the NFL. They have the number two pick overall. And if I'm Carson Wentz, uh, who a lot of people are tying to the Browns right now, if I'm Carson Wentz, I am saying in a public announcement, if the Browns draft me, I will not play for them. I will not, do not draft me, Cleveland. Please, Cleveland, for the sake of all these men that have worked so hard their entire lives, do not draft anyone. Okay, maybe not anyone, but do draft somebody that's going to be happy about it. Like any of the guys that are going to go in the top 20, if they get drafted by Cleveland number two, it's kind of one, like, yeah, it's 20 million guaranteed, but still at the end of the day, nobody wants to play for Cleveland. And if I'm a prospect, I'm willing to give up a couple million dollars just to not play in Cleveland because that's where you go to die. For all we know, Carson Wentz could be the next Peyton Manning. But if he starts his career in Cleveland, he could be the next Brady Quinn or the next Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell didn't even start in Cleveland, but he ended up there somehow. That's just how life shits on you. For some reason, Adam Schefter thinks that it's all just an image thing and it's not actually the fact that they are a factory of suck and they have made all the worst decisions out of any pro sports franchise in history and a bum, a homeless man on the street told Jimmy Haslam, the Browns owner, to draft Johnny Manziel. So they draft Johnny Manziel. They trade up. I think they traded up to draft Johnny Manziel. Like, that is just a worthless franchise. They do not deserve the moniker of NFL franchise. All right, I think that's kind of enough uh, nonsensical rambling for now. I specifically said at the beginning of the podcast that I wasn't going to ramble, and we found ourselves here somehow. Uh, So a couple other things I want to talk about. Um... A little bit of noise with the Twins. Obviously, it's still spring, spring training, so there's really not a whole lot going on. But the first round of quote-unquote cuts, Jose Barrios, Alex Meyer, and Kenny Vargas were sent down to AAA Rochester. That's not exactly breaking news. We all knew that Jose Barrios was going to go down to AAA um, for service time requirements. He's only like 21 years old or 22 years old. Um, he'll be down there for a few weeks to begin the season. It's going to be a Chris Bryant situation. I believe it's over 171 days in the majors. Counts as one full service year. So, and there's 180 days in the season, or 185 or something like that. So he'll be down there for a few weeks. Kenny Vargas, uh, I kind of feel bad for the guy. I'm still in the Kenny Vargas camp where I think, I believe that one day Kenny Vargas will hit 35 home runs in an MLB season, but he's getting up there in age and he's not really, he's not really, dare I say, showing a whole lot. Um, here, I just looked it up right now. He's 25 years old. And the fun, the funny thing about Vargas is just kind of a weird stat that I've always thought was, well, I shouldn't say always thought because it was his 2015 stats, but in, in 2015, he had 175 total at bats and Kenny's a switch hitter, but as a left-handed batter, he batted 183 with a 292 slugging percentage. And as a right-hand batter, he batted 364 with a 473 slugging percentage. So when you're batting 183 left and 364 right, are you really a switch hitter? I feel like if you put Miguel Sano on the left-hand side of the plate... He would probably bat around 180, but Miguel's not a switch hitter. <laughs> but anyways, that's kind of really all that's going on with the Twins right now. Uh, Trevor May did get 
demoted, quote-unquote demoted, to the bullpen. I really don't see that as a demotion. He was our best right-handed reliever last year. Uh, he had a, he was a little shaky at the end of the season. But I know he wants to start. Uh, that's just kind of not in the cards right now, especially if Barrios comes up later, that's going to create a few more issues that need to be worked out. And we really need the help in the bullpen. So that's not really an issue. I think that's really all that's going on with the Twins right now as far as what is worth talking about. I thought I didn't have enough time for any segments, but I just remembered a few hours ago some something that is very near and dear to my heart. So we are going to kick off for the first segment of the show. I can't believe it's not true. It's not but I want to say one thing to the American people. I did not have sexual relations with that. Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids. Period. I probably shouldn't have been as ecstatic as I was about this because that kind of gives something away. But this statistic, J.R. Smith, a.k.a. Senor Pipe, a.k.a. J.R. Swish, he is very renowned in the uh, club scene and... Here's a little, uh, I can't believe it's not true about J.R. Smith. This stat may or may not be true. I will not tell you. But J.R. Smith, his split stats, there is only one day of the week that J.R. Smith shoots below 40% on. Any guesses to what that day is? That day would be Sunday. Sundays. And also, if you remember, Sundays are frequently early games, so that may add to the mystique. J.R. Smith shoots about 42%, 43% on Wednesdays, 42% on Mondays, 44% on Fridays, and 39% on Sundays. You can draw your own conclusions as to why that happens, but that is my I can't believe it's not true stat of the week. It's not but I want to say one thing to the American people. I did not have sexual relations with that Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids. Period. Okay, I'm just going to come out right away and tell you that that stat was 100% true. I know that that kind of takes away the luster of the segment, but that's just a stat that is a very shareable stat. It's something that you can tell your friends. It's great at parties. Just, you know, it's a it's a real conversation starter. I know you might be a little disappointed by only running one segment, but I also don't want to run super long today. Uh, I really do want to stay around that 20-minute mark. I'm really working hard on trying to ramble less. We're still seeing how that's going to go. Uh, it's not working so far, but... We're only the second show in, and if you remember last week, I promised you that around the 30th show is when I'll really be hitting my stride. So, that concludes the second episode ever of the Due North Podcast. Like I said earlier, follow Due North Sports on Twitter. Tweet at Due North Sports. Say how the podcast was. And if you're listening to the podcast right now, follow on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes. Either or. They both work. Uh, iTunes is a little more convenient. But with that, I will see you next week.